From Skywalker Ranch in Marin County, California, welcome to The Inside. As top leaders from the media and entertainment industries gather here for two days of informal meetings and conversations, the box office began to show strength this week. For Hollywood, James Bond and No Time to Die raced across the $500 million mark, and Warner Brothers' Dune was so successful in its first week that the studio has already announced plans for a sequel in 2023. In New York, Broadway theaters are reopening with a very impressive 85% of the seats filled ahead of the busy holiday season. I am Jim Chabin, and with me is Wim Byans. He serves as CEO of Senionic, and we are both here at Skywalker Ranch for the Advanced Imaging Society's Summit of Senior Executives from Cinema, Hollywood, and Silicon Valley. Wim, it's been quite a couple of days. No, absolutely, Jim. It's been, uh, it's been an exciting time. So it's been great to enjoy here a fantastic venue, right? Let's be honest. Um, we had a fantastic amount of people, but also it's a fantastic venue here. Skywalker Ranch is, is really a different place, a special place. Uh, and you feel you're really in the heart of, of what filmmaking is about. And it gets really resembled here. I mean, George Lucas did one hell of a job, I think. And it's great. It's great to get the people here to experiencing that. Too. We've been lucky to uh, assemble together a group of people who truly love making movies. And along with that, we have been lucky to find the people who make the technology to make those movies possible. And the cinema operators who, at the end of the day, take those movies and show them to movie fans all over the world. I think, Jim, we have the perfect guest for this Today program here. Eduardo Acuna serves as president of Cineplus Americas, and in his role, Cineplus is an exhibitor which has more than 6,000 screens from North America, Mexico, Latin America, India, and many other places. Welcome, uh, Eduardo. Oh, thank you for having me. Eduardo, thank you very much for spending the time in Skywalker Range with us. How was your experience? What are some of the things, what are some of the insights you've been able to take away from those two days? Oh, wow, I think uh, if I, I could describe these two days in one word, it would be stimulating. It's been such a wonderful experience meeting with all these people face to face. There's nothing that compares to being in person with other people and just sharing. And then there's just like really, really smart people here that talk about really, really smart things. And in such a magical place, it's just been so invigorating. It's uh, something I think uh, I needed. I leave this place with a new energy that I didn't have in the past few months. In just the past few weeks, we have seen some major releases, including Venom, James Bond, and Doom. Are you seeing any new behaviors from your customers coming back from COVID? And what are the reactions uh, with that return? I think people just want to go back out. Nobody wants to be, you know, locked down in their houses forever. And uh, going to the movies has been an experience that everybody has treasured for literally over 100 years. And uh, there was a little bit of uh, people taken aback on how safe going to the movie theaters were. And uh, people were hesitant to come back. And it's understandable, right? Nobody knew what this bug could cause. Nobody knew what, uh, uh, how in danger we we were when we were in different settings and the movie theaters uh, unfortunately were treated as uh, or thought as stadiums or places with very large gatherings of people so people took their time to come back and with people taking their time to come back studios well obviously didn't want to release their movies if they didn't have enough people to go to see them 
And that made sense. So it's been a very tough 18 months. Uh, however, as people are starting to come out and studios are starting to release their films, we're seeing really, really good results. We're not back to the numbers we were, were, that we were at in 2019, for sure. But we're, we see a glimpse of what the future has for us. And uh, it's a return to some sort of normality. And we're really fortunate and thankful for that. There's been some research that maybe older audiences were a little more reticent to come back to the theaters for some of these films. Are you finding that there are any demographics that are a little more hesitant to come back than others? Or are you finding now uh, pretty much everybody, all your customers are coming back? I think you're right on. Uh, older audiences are taking their time. And uh, I've talked to many people about this. We still need to be patient. This is not something that in the flick of a switch comes back to what it was in the past. It's going to take time. It's, uh, I like to compare it like uh, the first time me and my family went to a restaurant during the pandemic. And I remember how I thought this was the most irresponsible thing I've ever done in my life. And the first time was so horrible and we were so afraid and worried. And then the second time it didn't feel that wrong. And by the third time it was kind of normal. I think the first time that someone goes to a movie theater, they experience the same thing. The second time, it's more normal. And the third time is probably gets to normal. But to that point, we do need product so that people have the opportunities to come back. And different audiences will take different times. Uh, the positive thing for our industry is that our clientele is mostly, I mean, the largest percentage of our clientele are, is the population in between 15 and 30 years old. And this younger population are less likely to get sick. And if they get sick, they're less likely to have a grave illness. And uh, they're also more risk takers by nature. So, And those have come back. And uh, that's what we see in Venom, for instance. So, I mean, very good, very, very good signs here and there. Uh, one sign that we loved is the Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend of 2021 has been the largest Labor Day weekend box office in the past 14 years. So higher than 2019, 18, higher than 2005, all the way to here. So that uh, that's a very encouraging thing, right? Because if you have the right product on the right weekend, people will come out. No, that, that's great to hear. Edward, you also have a unique perspective as Cineplus has customers all over the world, right? In US and internationally. So major titles have been released in the last couple of months often with a 50-75% of box office revenue coming from the international markets. What's your take on that and how do you see that moving forward? Oh, I think we, I go back to the word patience. We see people coming back everywhere, but different countries are in different stages. Uh, here in the U.S., we're very lucky that we have access to vaccines. Everybody who has wanted to get vaccinated has gotten vaccinated and felt safe. That's unfortunately not the case everywhere in the world. Uh, we have theaters in 17 countries, and each country has their own things. So, for instance, the U.S., we are allowed to open all of our theaters without any social distancing at 100% capacity. And now, you know, it's a choice of the client. You know, if you're vaccinated, you feel safe, you go to the movies. Uh, that's not the case in every country. So we have very, very uh, different cases. So uh, aside from the U.S., we have no other country where the government has allowed us to open at 100%. And then you have countries like Peru, in which they just recently allowed us to open a couple of months ago, 
And only two weeks ago, they allowed us to sell food and beverage to only audiences if the whole auditorium is vaccinated, which is just an operational nightmare because now we have to have auditoriums for vaccinated people that we have to you know, monitor that they're all vaccinated and auditoriums with non-vaccinated people. And we can sell popcorn to the vaccinated auditoriums and we cannot sell even a soda to the others. And that's just one case. I mean, we, have, we still have curfews in every country in Central America. And some curfews are very strict at 8 p.m. Some others are not as strict at uh, midnight. Uh, we have, in Chile, we have a vaccine passport. You cannot go to the movies unless you have a vaccination passport. And uh, so every country is a little different. Uh, we're not in Japan, but I, I find funny that in Japan, one of the restrictions is that we, the movie theaters cannot sell large popcorn. And uh, it's just such a weird restriction. And we, we found out that it's because they don't want you sharing and, uh, and because they don't want you eating for such a long period of time. So, so you're only allowed to sell small and medium popcorn. So every country, every legislator, every city, every state, they have their own idea of what's the right way to treat the pandemic. And we're gonna have to be patient because until all these countries are at the vaccination levels that the US is, uh, we won't be able to see a full recovery of the international markets as we will see in the US. Are there films that you think when you you look at all the, the films in theaters and then obviously on the streaming services, do you see films that you think really belong on streaming or do you see films that you think on streaming that you say this really belongs in my theaters? Do you look at it that way? I, I do. And absolutely. I mean, one of the things is uh, I remember right at the beginning when we discussed Windows and even before the pandemic, we've been negotiating Windows with the studios for the longest time. And uh when you actually think about it, there's always been movies that have been made directly for TV. I remember having a discussion with Disney and them telling us, well, don't worry about it. I mean, it's like High School Musical. That was a movie that went straight to Disney Channel. We'll figure out the formula of which movies go directly to streaming, which movies go to theaters. And of course, the pandemic, what the pandemic did was just bringing a lot of experimentation. And some of these experiments uh, worked, some others didn't. I definitely understand, of course, I would never like a day and date, but I understand why they happened. I mean, if our doors were closed, people were craving content, and uh, it sucked that some movies had to go day and date. So th there seems to be a consensus, and we've talked about it over the last mm -hmm. couple of days here, of about a 45-day window when a theater owner knows that those films coming to his theater he will have for 45 days without having to worry about them going to another streaming platform or, or cable channel. Do you think that's, do you think that's about right? I do not know, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, this is something that we're going to find out in the next two to five years. Ultimately, what's going to rule is what makes the most money. And I think students will experiment with a 45 day window I'm certain they will experiment with a 17-day window for other films. They have already experimented with day and date. They will experiment with longer windows. And we're at a difficult, and sorry to change subjects a little bit, but right now the timing is difficult because stocks are getting a premium for having a streaming service. So the studios may not be making the decisions that make them the most money because those decisions may be raising their stock price the most. 
And uh, you, you can see that, I, and again, this is public information. If you look at the Disney stock price, I've, I've had Disney stock price for a long time, and it's always been around $100 to $120. In March, with the pandemic, every stock went down, and Disney went down 280 Then it came quickly back to 100 to 120 and then it touched 200 because of all the Disney Plus announcements. Now, if you look at it just on a profitability view, this does not make sense because Disney has never lost more money because the parks were closed. And when they lost the most money, that's when they reached their highest stock price ever. Well, that's because news of Disney Plus streaming services, all the subscribers they got. So that obviously wants them to get more subscribers because their stock price is the highest, right? But at some point that will come back down and investors will look at the stock price based on the profitability that the company has. And Disney, as any other studio, will realize that if having a long window is what makes the most money for the movie, then they will have the long window. If they realize that having a short window is what makes the most money for the movie, the window will be shorter. I think financially, financial numbers is going to, what's going to drive the decisions. Do you have a sense of what movies you think belong in cinemas? For sure, tentpoles. You know, the big, big, big productions. Dune. Big production values. No Time Dune, to Die. Dune, right? The Avengers, Marvel, Eternals, The Eternals. Yes. Yeah. Those, no doubt. I'm a photography buff. Movies with great photography will never look as good on TV. Uh, there is, a, I mean, there's a whole other type of movies that I... Uh, TVs have these really fast processors that sometimes the movie is so good that it looks fake. It doesn't happen on the big screen. It happens on TV. So there are some movies that are way better. Action films are always better on the, on the big screen. And uh, I do understand that we're going to lose some of the smaller movies to streaming, that they were only released to big theaters because all movies were only released to theaters. And there are some movies that will just go straight to TV that are smaller, more sophisticated, if you will. That would be the word I would use. Our guest insider today is Eduardo Acuna. We'll be right back. The Insiders is proudly presented by Cineonic. Cineonic's future-ready enhanced services and technology solutions provide compelling cinema experiences, peace of mind, and financial flexibility. Today, with more than 95,000 projectors installed globally, cinemas around the world trust laser projection by Cineonic to power the next generation of moviegoing. Visit Cineonic.com today and discover why theaters look to Cineonic to provide the solutions of tomorrow today. Our guest insider today is Eduardo Acuna. Eduardo, how do you think the consumer experience will develop over the next couple of years within cinemas? And what kind of attractions or services do you think is going to be successful there? I think that, uh, I mean, again, I have no crystal ball. And uh, this could go a couple of ways. I mean, 13 to 30-year-olds, I think, will stay at the same level of attendance that we had before. If we think about the whole concept of the movie theater is going to a movie is still the cheapest form of entertainment outside of home. So when you think about a 15-year-old with a date, there's nothing cheaper than going to a movie. It's not even going to Chili's for dinner. So uh, I used to say, as long as there is a date, there will be a movie. So I expect that population to come back just as much as they did. The older population will take longer 
And it'll probably happen when they find a movie that's appealing enough, they come back and they understand that they like it and they love the experience. But then there's also a new bunch of clients that were not there, that had not been tapped before, which is the clients for premium dining concepts, right? The dining concept in the movie theaters is fairly new in the U.S. And it's uh, people who will go to the movies as a program for their night. It's like a date night for adults, uh, me and my wife, probably don't even care what film we're going to watch. We just want to go out, watch a movie, uh, have a drink in the theater. And I think that's uh, that clientele is actually going to come more than they did before. There are two other opinions, right? There's one opinion that says, well, consumer habits did change. And some consumers, and I believe this to be true, love staying at home and they maybe will never want to go back to a movie theater again. That could happen. On the other hand, everybody has so much money that we saved for 18 months and everybody wants to spend it. And with the supply chain issues that we're experiencing all over the world, there's a bunch of things that we want to buy that we can't buy because there's no supply for them. Movie theaters have unlimited supply of, because you have one movie, you show it in all your auditoriums if you want to, with uh, all these show times, and people may say, you know, I will come out, and this could be another version of the Roaring Twenties where people just come out and decide to go to the movies more than they did before, which I hope happens. We, we hope with you, Eduardo. We have uh, all spent the last 18 months watching a lot of television, right? A lot of movies on television uh, and all kinds of other content. But nothing compares by going to the cinema and seeing it really on a big screen. What are the new technologies uh, you're looking forward to? And how do you think uh, movie fans will be excited about those? Okay, first of all, one of the things that I really have as a mandate is now that our audiences are coming back, we cannot disappoint. We have been eager to get our clients back, and when we get them back, projection has to be perfect. So all of our projectors have to be operating perfectly with amazing light, sound has to be perfect. And we need to put special attention on that. So the presentation of projection and sound have to be better than ever because we cannot afford for a client to come back and not to like the experience. So that's one thing. Another thing is we need to focus on those things that cannot be replicated at home. So we need to look at 3D, 4D, obviously a huge screen. We can talk about IMAX, we can talk about PLFs, we can talk about all these experiences, but these are things you cannot replicate at home. A screen X uh, and a bunch of other things that you cannot see at home. So, so those are things that will definitely, uh, people will, understand that it's a different experience and if we do it well they will come back eduardo if you look out three or four or five years with all the technology advancing what excites you about what the cinema going experience is going to be for your customers what excites me the most is just making this a very valuable communal experience when you watch a movie with others, you know, you cry together, you laugh together, you enjoy it together. So that's something that excites me. I'm very excited about new technologies. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly excited about saving money. And uh, we're now switching to only laser projectors. Five years ago, laser projectors were something of the future. And uh, it was not economical. 
and the light was great, but it wasn't something that was economical. Right now, uh, laser projectors are actually economical and affordable, and the light's going to be perfect. So I'm excited to get all this technology within our theaters because then we're going to save a bunch of money on, on light bulbs, and we can guarantee that the projection will always be perfect. So that's something I'm excited about. Uh, again, providing the best presentation to our clients. And save money on electricity. Save right? money on electricity. I mean, we have to look at costs more than ever. One of the things that happened to our industry is exhibitors, we were used to managing abundance. We're a cash business, right? We have all these people coming in, paying us in cash. We don't have clients that pay us in 30, 40, 60 days. And uh, we went from managing abundance to living the worst thing in our has, that our industry has experienced in 100 years. So now we're going to have to look at costs more than ever. And that's one of the things that this technology excites me about, saving money with better quality. It's kind of a blue ocean. In the U.S., uh, there has been a series of TV commercials starring Nicole Kidman, uh, sponsored by AMC Theaters. And we found out here at Skywalker, this is a nationwide network buy. So they're promoting getting back to the movies. I'm sure our listeners have all seen these commercials. And apparently they're running internationally. Uh, it's kind of a first for a cinema operator to encourage people back. What do you make of those commercials? And do you like seeing them when they come on? I, I love it. Even though it's uh, our competitor who's doing them, I think they're benefiting the whole industry. And I actually commend them for doing something that has never been done before. And I think it's a great way to understand that we have to learn from this pandemic and do things differently. We, I mean, we have done national commercials, national TV commercials in Mexico, in our company, because we're very big in Mexico and it made sense. And we use them like in very specific moments, like the the Oscars, trying to get people back to the theater. So, but we've always, when we talked about, why don't we do a commercial? We think of ourselves, we, we're also a media, right? Uh, we have people who pay us to, you know, to do commercials for their products before every show. And medias do not announce in other medias, unless it's an, you know, a barter or something of that sort. Uh, so I commend them. I think the production quality of the commercial was great, fantastic. And I think it's going to help all of us. And more than anything, it's just thinking out of the box, thinking about different ways to get people to get back to the movie theaters. Maybe this is something we should do as a conglomerate of movie theaters, because we're so spread out and... Uh, I mean, in conjunction, in conjunction, all exhibitors are very big, but each one in particular, we're not as big to afford these types of campaigns unless you're a huge AMC in the U.S., right? But maybe as an industry, we should do this. Uh, one of the things I talked about with some people during this summit is that we actually did a pretty poor job of letting people know that going to the cinema was very safe. It's safer than going to a restaurant. It's safer than going to a gym. And it's safer than actually just being in a church, for instance. But we were never good at communicating that. And going back to this uh, media campaign, we've never been good at telling people, come to the cinema, it's better at the cinema. And it's because no one company had the money to do it nationally. But, you know, there's NATO. If we do it as an industry... Uh, we may be able to tell people how much better seeing a movie in a cinema is, and that may help us out in the future. Well, what's exciting to be a part of this community is to watch all these brilliant young people making their movies to run on your screens. 
and wanting to be seen in the best possible light and to be successful. So we are lucky that you are in our industry and that you're the end point for connecting with movie fans all over the world. So thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is very enjoyable. Thank you. Thanks, Eduardo. Thank you, Wim. As we close our program from Skywalker Ranch, home of Star Wars, our quote of the day comes from Han Solo. When caught in a tight spot, he said, never tell me the odds. Let's keep a little optimism here. Thank you, Eduardo. Thank you, Wim. And thank you all for listening. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. The Insiders is presented by Cineonic and produced by the Advanced Imaging Society in Hollywood. Our executive producers are Adam Castles in New York and Mike Piltzecker in Los Angeles. Brett Harrison produced today's show, and our technical director is Matthew Bach Lombardo. This is AIS.